and sisters. Today we're going to go into the origin of Christmas. This lesson is going to be called the Christmas Deception. <clears throat> Today you're going to you're going to find out that the children of Israel, those same people that crossed the Red Sea, um, the same people that served Pharaoh in Egypt, they knew not a day called Christmas until they were taken down by the Romans, <clears throat> which predominantly the entire Western world was taken down by Rome. That's why they're using that symbol of the eagle. Now, this was something that was pushed uh, through Rome. When you're conquered, the conqueror dictates what you learn. That's part of being conquered. Um, so we're going to find out today. Is this is this time, the Christmas time, uh, is it about the birth of Christ and just focusing on being thankful and family time, right? Or is there an underlining origin that's more sinister? We're going to go into that today. We're going to find out if those of us who are following Christmas, um, are you following the Christ of the Bible or a different Christ? So, who I personally, I don't know who would celebrate Christ's birthday without going into the history of the histrionics of what actually transpired didn't know if it's even his day. Why would you, you know, why would somebody do that? So today we're going to go into some history. We're going to deal in the Bible, of course, but we're also going to use this book, uh, the two Babylons by Alexander Hislop. This book, um, has been reprinted many times. So I, I checked out this book uh, a little while ago and it was $900. So it's clear that when Hebrews start to grab these books out, they know that, Nobody's buying these books but us. Then they're trying to price range it outside of the range for the poor. So if you get a chance to get any of these records that we go through, you, you want to hold on to these because Internet will be down at some point and you need this history. So the two pavilions, it, um, what it did was in history, Alexander Hislop, who was a reverend. This was a reverend, a man of God, a man of the cloth. What he did was he went into the history to compare the similarities in ancient Babylon, which is modern day Iraq, and the daughter of Babylon, which is America. So what he did was he looked at the worships, the holy days, the foods, all of the traditions to show you that there was there was um, there was a mimicking going on. That these worships that we did within America actually came from ancient Babylon. We're going to go into some of that today so we can give you the actual origin of Christmas. Where did it start? What does it really mean? We're going to go into it today. We're going to start in Matthew 7, we're going to start with Christ. Matthew 7 and 21. Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Excuse me, can you read that again? Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. See, so everybody who claims that they're following the Lord is not going to make it into the kingdom. Predominantly, you walk into these churches and they're supposed to be the shepherd to lead us in the right direction. But yet, they're perpetuating sin. Read that one more time, brother. Matthew 7 and 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, the reason Christ is saying this is because there's a lot of lip service. People say that they believe in Christ. And then you say to them, you know, well, did you know that you're not supposed to go to church on Sunday? 
Well, I, I don't agree with that part. <laughs> so it's not that they actually believe in Christ. They believe in what they want to believe in until the it, 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 until it's not um, convenient for them. So typically, if you know, you say you follow Christ, I ask a brother or a sister, you you believe in Jesus Christ? You believe in Christ? You believe in God? Yeah, I believe in the Bible. Well, did you know that the Bible says that Christmas is a is a sin? They'll reject that completely. They'll reject that completely because it's not the Bible that they're actually following. They agree with the universal. There's no rules. If you go to a Christian and ask him, "What law can't you? What, you know, what's some laws that you have as a Christian that other people don't have?" They pretty much do what they want. They eat what they want. They celebrate whatever they want. So there is no law. If you come to an Israelite who know there's an Israelite, and they you ask them, "What's a law that you have to follow?" Then they'll go right down the list of what not to eat, what days not to celebrate, not to charge interest. So there's something different going on with Christianity, and we're going to go into it today. Can you read 21 again, brother? Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which, in, which is in heaven. So he, is Christ going to say, you know, I'm going to, I understand, you know, I'm going to let you in the kingdom for your earnest effort in living in love is he going to say you know he, i'm gonna let you in on the technicality even though you didn't follow the law no. is christ going to say that continue brother verse 22 many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in thy name read that again many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in thy name so a lot of these these pimps on the pulpit they are they're teaching what's convenient for their pocket. Uh, I understand that a lot of these churches, especially the mega churches, if they tell people they can't eat pork, they're going to probably lose half of their congregation. So it's more about, you know, that money that they need to keep coming in than actually telling the truth, whether people like it or not. Continue, brother. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. So who told you to cast out devils on a Sunday? Who told you to celebrate Christmas? Who told you that you could eat pork? This is what's going on. Because these are the people we learned this from. We learned this from our pastors. We learned that we could eat pork. We wouldn't know about Christmas if it didn't come from the Christian church. And they knew that they would have to somehow intertwine a scripture in order to make us celebrate all of these days because the children of Israel didn't celebrate these days until they made us believe that it was biblical or had something to do with our God. That was the trick right there. Read brother. Verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me. Ye that work iniquity. See, he said, I don't know you. Why? Because you don't know me. Who was you calling on on Sunday? Who, who were you talking to? Whose birthday were you celebrating on December 25th? Who was that? See, so I don't know you because you don't know me. That's what Christ is saying. Read that again, brother. Verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Right. So the church should be teaching us how to follow the law, not teaching us how to scorn the Most High's law. We understand about the love part, but what about the laws part? What, what, what do we need to follow? What makes us different? Read, brother. Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. So if you build your house on a foundation, 
then it will always stand. That's what Christ is saying. That means, how does it make you feel to know that you are participating in some type of worship that you can't substantiate at all? You can't even prove what you're doing. How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel okay? Does that make you feel good when somebody say, why are you going to church on Sunday and you can't give them a scripture? Or why are you celebrating Christmas or Easter and you can't give them a scripture? How do that make you feel that you can't defend yourself? Uh, continue, brother. Verse 25. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. That rock is Christ. You got to build your foundation on Christ because it will, it will always stand if it's built on a true foundation. So that means you got to be able to prove what the, you know what you follow. You have to be able to prove that. You have to defend yourself. You know, because everything sounds good when nobody's asking you a question about it. When you just can go on about what you believe in. But when somebody come in to interact with you and, you know, they may be trying to trip you up. You need to be able to defend what you're doing at all times. At all times. Continue, brother. Verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon, upon the sand. So if you if you if you build your house upon the sand, it won't stand. That means if you just deal in strictly love, the emotion of love, you know, if you're just dealing with that, but you have no evidence to back it up, then you're going to be alone because people are not going to follow what you say. They're going to follow what the Bible says, no matter how much somebody like me or like you, you giving them your opinion is not going to change their behavior at all. Your opinion is not worth anything. Neither is mine. But if you can show somebody in the book that they claim to believe in, then now the choice is theirs. Continue, brother. Verse 27. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Read that again, brother. Verse 27. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. So if you build your house on the sand, it'll wash away. It'll wash right away because you can't defend it. That's why Christianity is falling apart right now. People are walking away because they can't answer any of the questions. They can't prove why they're doing any of the things that they're doing. And that's what caused people to walk away. And that's what's happening. People are walking away from the Christian church. Uh, read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 27. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. And beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Right, so what they're doing in the church, you know, Christians are making a concerted effort to make an evil day a holy day. They will flip it, however, for instance, you'll come to somebody and you'll ask them about Christmas, and they'll say, well, I know it's not Christ's actual birthday. They'll actually start with that. They'll actually say, well, we know it's not Christ's real birthday. Okay, that's it. That should be it. There should be nothing else that you're about to say. Now you're going to talk me into why it should be okay when you just said you know it's not his birthday? See, that's sorcery right there. Because if you say something enough times, you'll believe it. You just said you know that it's not his birthday. And then you went further. That's why Christ said many are going to say, Lord, Lord. And he's going he gonna to tell them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because you don't know me. See? So we all have to follow the same laws. We have the same measurement. There's no laws, you know, that one have to follow that the other don't, other than, you know, Israel and Gentiles. 
But if one of us can do it, we can all do it. And it's key that we teach the children because the things that we have done as adults uh, or as children molded us into who we were as adults. You don't grow up and then become somebody different (laughs) when you become an adult. You're the same kid that you used to be. So whoever you were back then is who you're going to be today. Just a grown up version, of course. So, you know. The majority of us celebrated Christmas. That's why we taught people to celebrate Christmas. Or we, you know, we facilitated gifts and things like that. That's because it's what we were taught. So if we can teach, you know, the, the youngins, the young kids, you know, our nieces, nephews, sons, daughters, cousins, then they'll teach the truth. If we would have been taught not to celebrate Christmas, we wouldn't be celebrating Christmas. So now we can restart the clock. And teach the children. And they won't even miss that. And then they'll teach the children. And they'll teach the children. And that's how we get back to glory. That's how we get black. we got to start with the children. And that's why Satan always aims towards the children. As far as, you know, vaccinations, diseases, abortions. Because it's the children that change the world. Um, read 27 one more time before we move on, brother. Verse 27. And the rain descended. And the floods came. And the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. All right, we're going to Wisdom of Solomon 14 in the Apographer. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 14, verse 8. Now, what we're going to go into, we know that a lot uh, when we come into the truth... Not celebrating Christmas. Um, what you're going to find out is that that image of a of a Caucasian Christ. It wasn't just an image that came. There was worships that came with that image. So most people say we know that Christ wasn't a white man. I'm gonna put the image down. That's fine. But if you put the image down, you have to put down the ideology that came with the picture because it was worship. There was, you know, there was a it was a litmus of things that came with this particular picture. It wasn't just a picture, an optic. It was more than that. It was pagan worship. It was beliefs. It was holy days. All of these things came with the picture. So if you're going to put the picture down, you have to put the ideology down also with it. So uh, we're going to Wisdom uh, Wisdom of Solomon 14 and 8. Wisdom of Solomon, uh, chapter 14, verse 8. But that which is made with hands is cursed, as well it as he that made it. He because he made it and it because being corruptible, it was called God. See, so they don't want you to have this scripture because if you did, then you would look at the pictures now that are being called God. And then you would have them because this is why they didn't want you to have it because you would be looking. Okay, well, what pictures do they have of God? They telling you Jesus is God. And those are the pictures that you see. It was corruptible. Read that again, brother. Verse eight. But that which is made with hands is cursed as well. It. As he that made it, he because he made it and it because being corruptible, it was called God. Right. So the image will be punished. The person behind the image will be punished. That's what this is saying. Somebody placed up a false image and called it God. And with this image, you're going to see what what came with this image. Continue, brother. Verse nine for the ungodly and his ungodliness are both alike, hateful unto God. So this image is hateful to the most high. It's hateful. Continue, brother. Verse 10. For that which is made shall be punished together with him that made it. Right. See, so the image will be punished. It will be utterly destroyed. I think it's in Rio de Janeiro, right? (laughs) That that huge 
Caucasian Christ that's standing, you know, before the entire city. Those things will be taken down. Now, I'm not saying put up a black Christ. We don't need a picture of Christ at all. We're not supposed to have a picture of things that are in heaven. So I'm not advocating that we put up a black Christ. I'm just advocating we don't put anything up. But if you have to, if you must, then put the truth up at least. That's all. So it's, it's not a race thing. We just went into truth. That's it. Continue, brother. Verse 11. Therefore, even upon the idols of the Gentiles shall there be a visitation. Read that again. Therefore, even upon the idols of the Gentiles shall there be a visitation. Right. So the Most High going to come destroy these images because these images come with an ideology. It's not just an image and you're going to find that out. Continue, brother. Verse 11. Therefore, even upon the idols of the Gentiles shall there be a visitation, because in the creature of God, they are become an abomination and stumbling blocks to the souls of men and snare to the feet of the unwise. Right. So these idols, these images would be a stumbling block, not just to the children of Israel, but to the world. See, read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Therefore, even upon the idols of the Gentiles shall there be a visitation. Because in the creature of God, they are become an abomination and stumbling blocks to the souls of men and a snare to the feet of the unwise. Right. Continue. Verse 12. For the devising of idols was the beginning of spiritual fornication. Read that again. For the devising of idols was the beginning of spiritual fornication and the invention of them, the corruption of life. See, so this had a bad impact on the world, not just the world, but specifically the children of Israel. They would go to extreme lengths. To make us believe that these were not our people for some reason. So when you bring up Christ being a man of color, they say it doesn't matter. But clearly these scriptures say it does matter because why would you go into it and change it? That's racist. It's not racist for us to say Christ was a black man. It's racist for you to make a picture of a white Christ when he wasn't. That's racist. Continue, brother. Verse 13. For neither were they from the beginning, neither shall they be forever. Read that again. For neither were they from the beginning... And neither shall they be forever. That means these weren't images. This didn't come from the Most High. It wasn't from the beginning. Therefore, it won't be in the end. It'll be destroyed. It'll be destroyed. It wasn't here in the beginning with the Most High. And it won't be here in the end. It's going to be utterly wasted. Continue, brother. Verse 14. For by the vain glory of men, they entered into the world. And therefore, shall they come shortly to an end. For a father afflicted with untimely mourning, when he hath made an image of his child soon taken away. Now honored him as a god. Now this is a future prophecy of a man named Rodrigo Borgia. Pope Alexander VI's second son was Cedric Borgia, this picture. So this picture was to memorialize the father. You made a picture of his son who was young, who was his father. So they were going to put up this picture to come with their ideology of, you know, Christ being somebody other than who he was. And there was a spiritual effect on this. It's, it spiritually affected Israel. Because we looked into it and said, you know, we, we, we can't be those people. Therefore, we, we continue to perpetuate our own sin because we wasn't those people. And once we found out we were, it changed everything. It changed our obedience. It changed what we loved, what we wanted to do, what we were going to follow. They knew this. This is why they had to change it. Continue, brother. Verse 15. For a father afflicted with untimely mourning, when he hath made an image of his son soon taken away, now honored him as a god, which was then a dead man, and delivered to those that were under him ceremonies and sacrifices. And, de- and, de- and delivered what? 
ceremonies and sacrifices. Right. See, there were ceremonies and sacrifices that came with this picture. This is one of the ceremonies and sacrifices. Christmas. This came with that image. See, this is. It wasn't just an image. Read that from the uh, the top, brother. Please, fifteen. Verse fifteen. For a father afflicted with untimely mourning, when he hath made an image of his son, soon taken away, now under him as a god, which was then a dead man, and delivered to those that were under him ceremonies and sacrifices. See, it says, which then was a dead man. This man was a murderer. He wasn't a god. He wasn't anything righteous, and they knew that. The people amongst them knew that. That's why I said he had to give it to those under him. They had to give it to the slaves, the people who didn't know this people, this man. Because in, in his land, he was known. He was well known. He was a homosexual. He was a murderer. He killed his brother-in-law to sleep with his sister, Lucretia. You can get a book I, um, called The Trip Types of Poisoners. And it's about Cesar Borgia. And they actually have shows called The Borgias. You, you can check this out. All right. Uh, we're going to move on. We just wanted to show you that there are ceremonies and sacrifices that come with it. See, so before this image, children of Israel knew nothing about Christmas. This came with the image. We're going to prove it. Continue, brother. Verse 16. Thus, in process of time, an ungodly custom grew strong. Read that again. Thus, in process of time, an ungodly custom grew strong, was kept as a law, and graven images were worshipped by the commandments of the kings. Right, the commandments of the kings. That's the papacy. That's the Roman Catholic Church. You go up in that church, you see over 100 idols up in there. Hundreds of idols in there. They made it law. The Roman Catholic Church is the biggest church in the world. Just go check out what they profited, what was their net last year. They took in over a billion dollars, and they do it every year. It's the biggest church known to man because it's not just a church. It's an ideology. It's a government. It all came together. See, when Rome was here in the beginning, it was just uh, an army. But people started to catch on to them as an army. So they had to add government. They had to add religion and the army and the worship. So when they came back, it wasn't just fisticuffs. It was spiritual. It was emotional warfare. This is what they did. Um, read, brother, please. Verse 17. Whom men could not honor in presence because they dwelt far off. They took the... Com- Counterf- they took the counterfeit of his visage from far. Right. So it says the men couldn't honor him in presence. They had to take his visage. His visage is his face from far. So they had to take this to another land in order for this to work. They took him to another land. Because remember, there was there was no technology like having um, uh, Mariah Carey singing, you know, the jingle bells or whatever, where all people could hear this at one time. So everybody wasn't on the same wavelength. They didn't know the same people. This was over, you know, waters in different countries. So they had to take the picture somewhere else in order for this to actually work. Continue, brother. Verse 17. Who men could not honor in presence because they dwelt far off. They took the counterfeit of his visions from far and made an express image of a king whom they honored to the end that by by this, their forwardness, they might flatter him that was absent. As if he were present. See, so they made this picture. Um, there was actually a uh, there was a, um, a tournament, pretty much. It was uh, Leonardo da Vinci and uh, Michelangelo. And they actually competed for who could make the most realistic picture of Rodrigo Borgia's son. And that picture was put up as Christ. 
So a lot of us don't know that actual picture of the the Caucasian man with the long hair and the beard, that's actually a real man. They actually modeled that after a real man, and that man was Cesare Borgia, and he brought ideologies, he brought worships, Sunday worship, he brought Christmas, Easter, all of those things came with this particular photo. Um, we're going to move on. We're going to, excuse me, we're going to Revelation 17 to prove to you. We wanted to go there to prove to you that with that photo, with that image, came sacrifices and ceremonies, because this is one of them. This is one of their sacrifices and ceremonies. Revelation 17 and 1. Revelation 17 verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with him with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. The great whore. So this whore would bring religion and ideology to other continents. See, read that again, brother. Verse one. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Right. So the same way America put many bases in different areas, they got this from Rome. They learned, they mimicked it. They mimicked everything they got from Rome. That's why they're using the same eagle, the same plant. So they would take their religions, they would take, because when uh, American or uh, an Edomite country take over a uh, land and devastate their uh, infrastructure, like after Syria or Afghanistan, once they take you down, then they set up, there's two things they set up. Number one is a Catholic church. Number two is a hospital to be able to, be able to vaccinate the children. Those are the two things that they bring to every land that they conquer. They'll, the first church is going to be a Catholic church, and that's why you're going to Mexico and these places, and they're predominantly Catholic, because that's what's going to be there when Rome take you down. So that's what's transpiring here. We're going to read verse 2. Verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Right, so it says, that's, this is spiritual fornication. Read 2 again, brother. Verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Right, so this whore, once it took over other lands, it would bring, it would establish pagan worship. That wine of fornication is the philosophies that lead to, um, that lead to pagan fallen angel worship. That's what this is talking about. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast. Notice it says scarlet colored beast because the people who these would be are predominantly scarlet colored. So they would carry the beast from land to land. Not just one Rome. Rome absorbed other countries and then pushed their ideologies from those lands also. Scarlet colored beast. That's Esau. Esau, red. Edom, red. Scarlet. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast, full of, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now we know those seven heads is the seven hills that's in Rome. We know those ten horns are the, the, the European Union. It's um, France, Great Britain, Spain, Germany, all of those. You can look at the original ten because now it's more, the United Nations. But in the beginning, it was just the original 10 
that Rome took over. And those 10 particular lands pushed the ideologies from Rome. The same way almost, you know, we all here, we're getting the same truth. And then we'll take this truth, move to other places and push this truth. But they were doing it in reverse. They were dealing with paganism and Satanism. We all meet up in one locale, you know, we all learn. And then we may go into other places in the world and take what we know. So it's the same thing they did, but we're doing it on a righteous way. Uh, What scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just finished three. Okay, can you continue? Verse four. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. It says she had a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness. We're going to find out what was in that cup. What's, What's in this chalice? Notice that the Roman Catholic Church, what they carry them cups, right? Yeah, you see them with the diamond encrusted in the gold. What, what's in that cup? Read that scripture again, brother. Verse four. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked deck with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness see. of her fornication. See, so this beast would have that cup, this whore would be carried by a beast. A beast is the government over to other waters and it would have this cup. What was in this cup? You're going to find out. What did it bring with it when it went to these other lands? You're going to find out. They took these ideologies, these pagan days, their foods, their customs, their practices. This all came in that cup. You're going to find out. Continue, brother. Verse 5. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Right. It says mystery because... You wouldn't know who this is. They didn't exist at this time. This is America. America, the mystery was built out of Rome. It came out of Rome. France, Great Britain, and Spain. That's Rome. All of those are Roman. This was the mystery. The mystery was you wouldn't know who it is. And America pushed all the same worship as Rome. Rome could never celebrate the holidays the way America do. They wish, they dream that they could be what America is today. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. It says mother of harlots because those were the first, that church, that Roman Catholic church. And then they would set up other churches because they need to have some that relate to all of y'all. So they would have Baptist, they would have Pentecostal. They all came from the harlot, the whore, the mother of harlots, which means she would have children or spawns. Continue, brother. Verse 6. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the marty, martyrs yeah, the martyrs, yeah. and Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with the great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her. See, this beast was carried. See, so that when people say, oh, this, this is Rome, this is the ideologies of Rome. You're kind of right because it was wrong. But remember, she was carried. She was carried to other waters to prove to you that it's not just wrong. Read that again, brother. Verse six. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her. Which have the seven heads and ten horns. Right. We know what the seven heads and the ten horns. That's Rome. The seven heads, the seven hills. 
the Ten Horns is the European Union, the, the original ten that was absorbed by Rome. Continue, brother. Verse 8. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the earth, when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. Right. This is America. This is America. Read that last part again, brother. <clears throat> whose name was not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. It says the beast that was and is not, but yet is. It was Rome. It's not now. It's America because it came from Rome. So that's what this is saying. Continue, brother. Verse 9. And here is the mind which hath wisdom, the seven heads of seven mountains, on which the woman sitteth. To prove to you that this is Rome, the seven mountains, all you got to do is look that up. You can go on Google and say, where is seven mountains at? What, you know, what land is on seven mountains? It'll only be one place, and that's Rome. To prove to you that this is talking about Rome and their ideology, their government, which this day, Christmas, actually came from. The, the proof is, when you turn on your television, aren't those commercials, aren't there Christmas commercials? That lets you know that this this particular worship is being pushed by the government. Because if the government didn't want you to do it, they wouldn't put it on TV. Mm -hmm. It's a program. That's what they do. Isn't it the music that's being played? Isn't it the movies that's coming out? Mm -hmm. To show you that the government have part in this. But they said it's a separation of church and state. How is that? How is that? We're going to uh, Isaiah 29 because we want to show you what was in that cup. That cup, that chalice. She's bringing that cup of that spiritual fornication. Let's see. Isaiah 29 and 9. Isaiah 29 verse 9. Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. Read they that again. <clears throat> Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. See, so this isn't a, an alcoholic beverage. This wine is the philosophy that destroys the Israelites. This is what this is. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. Stay yourselves in wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. See, so they would rule over us through our ignorance. That's how they would rule over us, by getting us to break the law and perpetuating it. This is why they, even at your job, you know, they, they want you to celebrate Christmas. Right? They're talking about it. Like, I remember last year, my job wanted me to put up a fake Christmas tree at the oh. place. And I was like, that's really weird that they would come to me out of everybody and ask me to put up a tree when I'm the only one not celebrating Christmas. Which I didn't do it, but I just thought it was really weird. <laughs> Your schools, what are they doing? Um, recitals about Christmas, see? Mm -hmm. Who are the schools funded by? The government. Mm -hmm. Public schools, at least. So the government have a hand in this. Read that again, brother. Verse 9. Stay yourselves in wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. See, so the pastors, their eyes are covered. They're not even teaching no more. And you can't tell me that. A lot of them learn pastors... They've read the Bible front to back and they know what it say about Christmas trees and all those other things. And they just decide to go against it. You can't tell me that they ain't read it. 
We're not the only people who've read the Bible. They read those Bibles and they know what it says. They just have a reason not to follow it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to Jeremiah 5 and 7 because we wanted to show you what was in that cup. It's not, it's not, it's a spiritual wine. They're drunk spiritually. It's a spiritual fornication. We're going to prove. Jeremiah 5 and 7. Jeremiah 5 verse 7. How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are no gods. When I had fed them to the full, they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. Ass- read that last part again. And assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. See? So we would, we, these are those mega churches. The harlot houses is the church. The Most High is calling it a whorehouse. We would, we would be in there by the droves. We would be in these churches. We would pack these churches out, but we would be taught nothing. Read that scripture again, brother, please. Verse verse 7. How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are no gods. When I had fed them to the full, they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. See? So these harlot houses are part of the government also. Now, um, I, I wish I had the paperwork on me. Maybe we'll go into it at another time. But if you go onto the IRS website and look up 501c3, the churches that are predominantly the big mega churches with, you know, like Joe Osteen, T.D. Jakes, these churches, they're 501c3, C, 501c3 status through the government, which means they're no longer a church. They're really a charity. Mm-hmm. So you get to keep this money tax free. However, you cannot teach against anything that's legal, anything that's binding, meaning if weed is legal, you can't preach against that. If homosexuality is legal, you can't preach against that. And if you do, they'll come after you financially for all the money you receive tax free. So these churches, a lot of these churches have signed a pact with Satan in order to not pay their taxes. When Christ said, give unto Caesar with Caesar's. Because if you start to sign or be in cahoots with the government that have the power to destroy you. Now the government is teaching us in church. That's why they don't talk about the mark of the beast. They can't talk about it. They literally can't talk about it. That's the thing. Read, uh, read that last scripture again, brother, before we move on. Verse 7. How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are no gods. When I had fed them to the full, they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by the troops in the harlot's houses. Right. So we got we to gotta start following the Bible and not, follow, and not following what the church is telling us. If our pastor or somebody is trying to get you to do something based on their philosophy, meaning no scripture to back it up, then... We're going to have to shun you, brother. Right. We're going to have to shun you. I'm sorry. We're going to go into the book Two Babylons now. Right. Two Babylons. I believe. Um, yeah, it's actually before. I think it's page 69, probably. Yeah. There we go. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to put it up on the screen what he's reading. Um, this is section three, uh, uh, excuse me, section one, chapter three of uh, from Babylon, uh, excuse me, the two Babylons, papal worship. We're going to read some excerpts from the festivals. Okay. Uh, yes, sir. <clears throat> Very queen of heaven. If you can read uh, from the first part right there until the end of that, please. Thanks, brother. 
we're just going to sporadically jump around in this. This book have many, many sources. So we're not going to go through it all because we'll be here till next week. But we do want to give you some key points and some excerpts to prove to you everything that we're saying is secular history. If Rome be indeed the Babylon of the Apocalypse and the Madonna enshrined and her sanctuaries be the very queen of heaven for the worshiping of whom the fierce anger of God was provoked against the Jews in the day of Jeremiah. Right. So the Madonna enshrined, we know that that's what you would call Mary. So in every society you go, there's a child of a, there's a woman and a child, like a virgin birth. So this is not, and I ask Christians all the time, you know, how many virgin births were there? And they'll say, one, of course, Jesus Christ. But if you actually look into history, there's been over five different quote unquote virgin births and Christ was the last one. So this story is coming from somewhere else. Can you read that again, brother? If Rome be indeed the Babylon of the Apocalypse and the Madonna enshrined in her sanctuaries be the very queen of heaven for the worshiping of whom the fierce anger of God was provoked against the Jews in the days of Jeremiah. The queen of heaven, the Romans call that Mary. I mean, the Roman Catholics call Mary, Jesus' mom, Christ's mom, the queen of heaven. So what they've done is they've taken an older pagan story and just changed the characters' names to characters that's in the Bible. That's what you're going to find out. Uh, You can go to the next page, brother, where it says the festivals of Rome. Yes. The festivals of Rome are innumerable. Read that again. The festivals of Rome are innumerable, but five of the most important may be singled out for the elucidation. Yeah. Elucidation. Elucidation. Christmas Day, Lady Day, Easter. The nativity of St. John. Number one was what, brother? What was number one? Christmas Day. Christmas Day. So this was one of Rome's. This was one of pagan Rome's highest days. Five out of these two. These were the top five. Notice it says Lady Day. You're going to find out that Lady Day is Christmas Eve. You're going to find that out today. What is Christmas Eve about? You celebrating the day before Christ's birthday too now? So it's it's, it's, it's something sinister. We're going to go into it. Uh, can you read that again, brother? The festivals of Rome are innumerable, but five of the most important may be singled out for elucidation. Christmas Day, Lady Day, Easter, the Nativity of St. John, and the Feast of the Assumption. Each and all of these can be pr- proved to be Babylonian. Read that last part again, brother. Each of, the, each of all of these... Can be proved to be Babylonian. Babylonian. That was the Tower of Babel. That was Nimrod. That's ancient Iraq. To prove to you that they didn't just come up with these days on their own. These days are highly pagan. We're going to show you. This should say, um, how then did the Romish church... You see that? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, you can actually read that part on top of it. I'm sorry. Oh, Within the Christian church, no such festival as Christmas was ever heard of till the 3rd century. Read that again. Within the Christian church, no such festivals as Christmas was ever heard of till the 3rd century. So you're telling me that you you didn't know what Christ's birthday was till 300 years after he died? Mm. No. See, something else happened. The Romans started to take over Christianity. They took, you know, Christ's doctrine and said, you know, we're in charge of it now. We're going to teach you how you're supposed to learn. So it's ironic that the people who killed Christ actually are in control of the doctrine. 
This happened during the Nicene Creed, Constantine. You can check this out. And that's why we don't like to just say we're not Christians. We like to label ourselves pre-Constantine Christians. Because before Constantine, the Christians didn't go to church on Sunday. They didn't eat pork. They didn't do those things. So after Constantine, around 400, over 400 years after Christ, these laws started to change. Read that part again, brother, before you move on. Within the Christian church, no such festival as Christmas was ever heard of till the third century. How then did the Romans church fix on December the 25th as Christmas Day? Why? Why thus? Long before the fourth century and long before Christian era itself, a festival festival was celebrated among the heathen. Read that again. <clears throat> long before the fourth century and long before the Christian era itself, a festival was celebrated among the heathen. Amongst the heathen. See, this is a heathenistic practice. Christmas is a heathenistic practice. This is from Gentiles. This is Gentiles. They were celebrating this well before Christ. They were celebrating this before Christ. Babylon happened before Christ. When you look into the New Testament, you, you skipped over the Greek Empire. You're dealing strictly with the Romans now, which was the last. So if you don't go into like um, your apographer, then you'll miss some of those things like uh, Daniel. In his book, he was already old. If you go into Baal and the Dragon in your apographer, that's when he was young. Then you got Maccabees, which was the Greek Empire. So when you go from the Bible, you go from Babylon strictly, you skip right over, you know, um, Greek, you go right into Rome. So you got to have that apographer. Uh, continue, brother. <clears throat> long before the fourth century and long before the Christian era itself, a festival was celebrated among the heathen. And at that precise, at that precise time of the year, in honor of the birth of the son of the Babylonian queen, queen of heaven. Hold on, the Babylonian queen of heaven. We're going to jump back into the Bible because we've read that before. Let's show you about that. We're going to Jeremiah 17. We'll come back to that. Hold your place, brother Corey, please. One Jeremiah 17. All right, uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 19. Yeah. Jeremiah 17, verse 19. Thus said the Lord unto me, Go and stand in the gate of the children of the people, whereby the kings of Judah come in, and by which they go out, and in all the gates of Jerusalem. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Jeremiah 44, 17. Excuse me. Jeremiah 44, verse 17. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth. So our forefathers were saying, we're going to do whatever we feel like doing. This was part of us going off. This was the beginning. Continue, brother. But we, we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven. Read that again. To burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her. As we have done, we and our fathers, our kings and our princes in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then had we plenty of victuals and were, were well and saw no evil. So we started to worship the Babylonian um, because this was during the Babylonian Empire when we were taken down. 
we started to worship the Queen Mother of Heaven, which is Ceramesis. It depends on in, or Astra, depending on what culture, because the same story have been taught. Remember, everybody that was at the Tower of Babel was worshiping. They had the same language, so they was worshiping the same pagan god. And then when the languages was changed, they took that same god into their own lands and called it a different name. Mm-hmm. Continue, brother. Verse eighteen. But since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. Read that again, brother, please. But since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things. It says we have wanted for all things because the Most High is not providing them. That's what this is saying. Once we started to do this, the Most High stopped providing for us. Continue, brother. And we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. Right. So we would be taken down. We would, you know, these worships would empower the Gentiles over us. That's why they keep pushing it on us. That's why they want to. That's why they want to push this on you, because they know this empowers them over us. We didn't understand this. We, we had no knowledge of this. We didn't know. We fell to these same gods prior. Israel, you don't have to change much to get Israel. <laughs> Because, you know, we don't pass down our history. Now, if our forefathers and, you know, grandmothers, the matriarchs and patriarchs had the knowledge of who they were, we would kind of have some understanding. But because they didn't know who they were, we couldn't identify our our fall. Now that we know, we can point it out to our children and say, look, this is where we went off. Don't go there. Don't ever do that. Don't ever celebrate that. Continue, brother. Verse 19. And when we burn incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make her cakes to worship her? And see, this is where those cakes come from. This is where those cakes, those birthday cakes and stuff, putting the, that, that came from worshiping the Queen Mother of Heaven, Ceramesis. Continue to read that again, brother. Verse 19. And when we burn incense to the Queen of Heaven, and, to, and we poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make her cakes to worship her? And pour out drink offerings unto her without men. Right. See, so that means the women was going to do this irregardless. They was going to do this with or without the men. And see, that's why the women are usually the one pushing the Christmas. Because it's the worship of a woman. See? Christmas Eve. Lady Day. It's the worship of Ceramesis. That's what we didn't know. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. And when we burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her... Did we make her cakes to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men? Right. Now we're going to jump back into the two Babylons. All right. Brother, can you read that whole part of how then did the Romish church again, please? How then did the Romish church fix on December the 25th as Christmas Day? Why? Thus, long before the 4th century and long before Christian era itself, a festival was celebrated among the heathen. At that precise time of the year, in honor of the birth of the son of the Babylonian queen of heaven. And it may fairly be presumed that in order to conciliate the heathen and to swell the number of the nominal adherents of Christianity. So it's saying that in order to make an agreement to get the pagans to follow Christianity, what they did was they mixed it. They mixed paganism with Christianity in order to get the pagans to celebrate. They said, listen, you can still celebrate your days, but we got to put Christ's name on it. We got to put Mary's name on it, but you can still celebrate your day. 
Let's compromise in order to swell the numbers. Read that again, brother, please. <clears throat> and it may fairly be presumed that in order to conciliate the heathen and to swell the number of the nominal adherents of Christianity, the same festival was adopted by the Roman church, giving it only the name of Christ. This tendency on the part of Christians to meet paganism halfway. Now, meet paganism. Would Christ tell you to meet paganism halfway? Would he say that? You know what? Just compromise with them devil worshippers. Just so they can follow. Would Christ do that? No. Of course not. Of course not. But this is what they did. They started to integrate pagan worships with our book. And had to trick us in order to get us to do these things. So this is what you really got to see. Not only is it not Christ's birthday. Because nowhere in the scripture does it say that. In fact, Christ couldn't have been born out... Right now is December. Do you see how cold it is? How can a baby be born outside in, in December? Israel is not Hawaii. <laughs> they, make, they make you believe Israel in December is Hawaii. Honolulu. It's not. It gets cold there. You can't have a baby outside in December. That didn't happen. There was something else. An underlining issue. An underlining pagan origin that was going on here well before Christ. Continue, brother. This tendency on the part of Christians to meet paganism halfway was very early developed, and we find Tertullian, even even in his day, about the year two thirty, bitterly lamenting the inconsistency of the disciples of Christ in this respect, and con and contrasting it with the strict fidelity of the pagans to their own superstition. By us, says he, who are strangers to Sabbaths and new moons and festivals. Once acceptable to God, the Saturnalia, the Feast of January, the Brumalia. So some, uh, Saturnalia is Christmas. That's Saturnalia. That's this time. It's called Saturnalia. You can look it up in history. We're actually going to show you an article on it. Saturnalia was, a, it was not just a day. It was from uh, mid-December mid all the way to January 1st, New Year's. And a lot of people don't even know, don't even realize that, you know, when we were celebrating Christmas, you would leave it up to the first, you know, or the first week of January. Then you would take it down. You don't even know why you're doing that. Mm -hmm. We don't even know why we're doing that. Remember the 12 day of Christmas? Remember? Mm -hmm. This is what was going on. Uh, uh, let's go. Let's let's uh, go to the next page and finish it off, brother. Go start on. Yeah, is that there? One second. Let's see. And matronalia are now frequented. Gifts are carried to and fro. New Year's Day presents are presents are made with Dan. It says gifts are. Read that again. <clears throat> it says gifts are carried to and fro. See, so during this time of Saturnalia, they would be giving gifts. This had nothing to do with three wise men because the Bible doesn't say it was three wise men. So this had nothing to do with that. During Saturnalia, they worshipped Saturn. Saturn is Satan. That was another name for Satan. During this time, they gave gifts. This have nothing to do with Christ at all. Read that again, brother. Gifts are carried to and fro. New Year's Day presents are made with Dan. And sports and banquets are celebrated with uproar. It says sports and banquets. Now, y'all know that on each one of these holidays, they got what? 
a football game, Thanksgiving, right? Or on Christmas, they have a basketball, NBA game. This is what comes with it. This is Saturnalia. This isn't Christmas. They've just changed that name and tried to attach it to Christ. Therefore, you would follow it. Continue, brother. Oh, how much more faithful are the heathen to their religion who take special care to adopt no solemnity. Read that again, brother. Oh, how much more faithful are the heathen to their religion? So how much more faithful are the heathens to their holy days, but you don't, but you're not to yours? Right. See, they're like, I'm not compromising. I'm going to celebrate Christmas. That's a pagan day. I'm going to celebrate that. Christian, you know, people won't even follow the Purim. They won't even follow the Passover. You'll compromise with them, but they're not compromising with you. Look at how Satan minions go hard for him. We got to do the same thing. Read that again, brother. Oh, how much more faithful are the heathen to their religion who take special care to adopt no solemnity from the Christians? Upright men strive to stem the tide, but in spite of all their efforts, the apostasy went on till the church, with the exception of a small remnant, was submerged under pagan superstition. See? So they all became pagans. They wanted to mix with I don't want to be mixed. Personally, I don't want to be mixed with pagans. I'm not meeting you halfway. Right. We shouldn't be together. But this is what they wanted to do because it's all about the numbers. It's psychology. Continue, brother. That Christmas was originally a pagan festival. Read that again. That Christmas was originally a pagan festival is beyond all doubt. The time of the year and the ceremonies with which it is still celebrated prove its origin. In Egypt, the son of Isis, the Egyptian title for the queen of heaven, was born at this very time. See, Isis, Osiris, right? They were doing this in Egypt around this same time. Yet they'll have you believe it has something to do with Christ. Have nothing to do with Christ at all. This whole story is pagan. They just put characters that you would be able to identify with on those names. Now, the Bible is true, but the story that they're telling of a virgin who didn't never had intercourse having a child... That that never happened. That's not in the Bible at all. That's that's a fallacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, continue, bro. Uh, go to um, where it says, and as the 25th. And as the 25th of December was called by our pagan Anglo-Saxon ancestors, Yule Day, or the Child's Day, and the night that preceded it, Mother, mother Night. See, the night before is Mother's Night. That's Christmas Eve. Mother's Night, Ladies' Day. The Yule Day, the Yule Log, you know that. Yule, that log, that fire in the fireplace. That's where this comes from. Yule means child. So you would have that log, right, in the fire. Notice that when you see the commercials, there's always a log in the fire around this time, always. And then what sprung from that log, which is a baby, was the tree. Going to find that out. This is What does the tree have to do with Christ at all? <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> So we're gonna uh, we're gonna read on to the next page where it says um, the Christmas tree. Now, you see that the Christmas. Yes, I got you. Okie dokie. The Christmas tree, now so uncommon among us, well, now so common among us, was equally common in pagan Rome read that and again. pagan Egypt. Yeah, read the, that again. The Christmas tree, now so common among us, was equally common in pagan Rome. In pagan Egypt. In Egypt that tree was the palm tree. In Rome it was the fear. The the palm tree donating the, the pagan Messiah and the Baal Tamar. Right. The fir- so it was there was their Messiah, Baal Tamar. We know who Baal is. Baal is Satan. Continue, brother. The fur. 
the fur referring to him as Baal Berith. Check out this next part. The mother of Adonis, the sun god, and great mediatorial divinity. Now it's the sun god. They're dealing with Sunday, sun worship. Everything revolves around the sun. Look at this. Continue, brother. And the great mediatorial divinity was mystically called was mystically said to have been changed into a tree. Into a tree. See? The tree was a god. Read that again, brother. From the mother of Adonis. The mother of Adonis, the sun god, and the great mediatorial divinity was mystically said to have been changed into a tree. And when in that state to have brought forth her divine son. If the mother was a tree, the son must have been recognized as the man, the branch. And this entirely... Entirely accounts for the putting of the Yule log into the fire on Christmas Eve. See? So that tree is an idol. That tree is a god. That's why he's saying don't put this tree up in your house. This tree signified a god. Read, brother. And this entirely accounts for the putting of the Yule log into the fire on Christmas Eve and the appearance of the Christmas tree the next morning. See? So you would put the log in and then you would have the Christmas tree. And this was a god, Adonis, the sun god. So it's the worship of a woman and then her virgin son, Ceramuses, Tammuz, and then the sun, you would have Osiris. So who they call Jesus, the virgin without a father, which never happened. That's not in the Bible at all. To prove to you, what was up with that tree? We knew something was up with that tree. I'm, I'm looking on social media and I see people dressing up trees and all types of putting skirts on trees and everything. Putting, you know, hair, bush hairs on trees. And I'm just like, what does any of this have to do with Christ? See, that's an idol because why? You decked it out. And you couldn't go without it. You couldn't go. You had to do it every year. You had to dress it up. Put the gold on it. Make it look good. Put the lights on it. That's an idol. Because you can't go without doing it. Tell your family, listen, you you do Christmas, but don't put the tree there. They can't even do it. <laughs> to prove to you that it's something else. It's something else. Because they can't even do it. This is an idol. Continue, brother. As Z- Zero Ashta, the seed of the woman, which name also signified a genia gina, or born of the fire. Born of the fire. See, Santa coming out the fire. Satan. Why is he coming out the fire? Satan. Tell you, brother. Which name also signify Ignagina or born of the fire. He has to enter the fire on mother night that he may be born the next day out of it. See, put the Yule log in the fire, mother's night, which is Christmas Eve. And then the next day will be the child, the tree. This, read that, read brother, please. <clears throat> the seed of the woman, which name also signify Ignagina, or born of the fire, he has to enter the fire on mother night that he may be born the next day out of it as the branch of God or the tree that brings all divine gifts to men. Now look at this photo of a Yule log with a, 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 a serpent wrapped around it, an atom. This have nothing, right, with the tree in the back. This have nothing to do with Christ. In fact, it's pagan worship. It's pagan worship. And this is how you, this is how you allow them to rule over you for the next year. This is your pact that you make with Satan for the, you know, you'll get gifts and do this thing for this part of the year, but you serve me for the whole rest of the next year. And that's why your jobs give you those bonuses or they treat you well at the end of the year because that's actually Babylonian where 
you would serve them for the whole year, but they would have to serve you for one day. They would you would they would serve you for one day, you know, throw a party on or whatever, in order for you to serve them for the whole next year. That was Babylonian. We're gonna uh, move on. We just wanted to show you. We're going to the next page where it says, uh, therefore, the 25th of December. Therefore, the 25th of December, the day that was observed at Rome as the day when the victorious God reappeared on earth, was held at the Natalis Invicti Solis, the birthday of the unconquered sun. See, the birthday of the unconquered sun. They're dealing with the sun god. This was the sun, not the S-O-N, the S-U-N. They'll never tell you this. They want you to believe this is Christ. And see, this is part of the reason why we have struggled so much. Why we are broke. You wake up in January, it's like your pockets are inside out. Because you've been in a trance. You've been in a trance. I know that a lot of the things pop up at this time when you can't afford for it to happen. And this is why. All those Christmas movies that you see, isn't it something bad happening in a movie? All of them. I'm not suggesting you go watch any of them, but think about the ones that you've seen already. It's always something negative happening in those Christmas stories. This is Satan's day. We're going to uh, move on to the next uh, in the last page. Babylon was at that time the center of the civilized world and thus pagan. Right. So Babylon was the home of all paganism. It was the home of all paganism. And that's why these worships came from Babylon. It was the home of all paganism. It was like the city. All the other world was like grass. You know what I mean? It was grass field. But Babylon was the city. Like a New York. Everything moving. Parties going on. Drinking. Working on the tower. This was Babylon. And this is what they pushed from Babylon. So we wanted to show you the history on what the day actually was. Where the tree came from. And this is in a secular history book. Because I know that when you come and show them the Bible, what we're going to go to now, Jeremiah 10, that's not enough. You showing them one scripture is not going to have them put down Christmas. I can reassure you that. Especially if you're dealing with somebody who's not a Hebrew or doesn't know that they're an Israelite, for instance. So we're going to go into Jeremiah 10 because this is the scripture that, this is what the Most High commanded of us. Uh, yes, sir. Jeremiah 10, verse 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Learn not the way of the heathen. We just read that this was a heathen practice. This was a heathen practice. If you want to follow the heathen, then you're going to be underneath the heathen. Because, the, you know, whoever rules is the person who serves that God best. And you can't serve Satan better than them. You can't. So you got to serve your God, the most high, the I am, a high, in order for him to put us above all people. But if you start following Buddhism, guess what? You're going to be underneath of the people who are Buddhists. If you start following Islam, you're going to be under the Arabs. If you start following Christianity, you're going to be under the Caucasians because that's how it is. You can't serve their God better than them. Continue, brother. Verse 2. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathens are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. Right now, we just read in Egypt, it was the palm tree. We read in Rome, it was the fir. 
So they have always done this. Continue, brother. And see, that's how you know the Bible is so perfect and true. Because how would the Bible know about this if it wasn't true? How would it know that we're celebrating this day? How would they know? The Bible is correct again. Verse 4. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers, that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree. Read that again. They are upright as the palm tree. Notice it said that it was the palm tree in Egypt. Read, brother. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them. It says be not afraid of them. Why? Because look what happens when you reject it. Look at how you're getting attacked. <laughs> that's why I say don't be afraid of this tree. Don't be afraid to say no. You'll be attacked because that's what's going on. People will make fun of you. People are going to tempt you. People are going to look at you crazy. But don't be afraid to stand up what you, what you know. Because all of you all in this room know when you've said that you don't celebrate Christmas, how people have looked at you or maybe treated you after the fact. So don't be scared of what's to come because you will be attacked. But that's okay because you've done the research. We know what it is, regardless of what they're saying. It's not just some day where you, you know, are thankful for what you have, where you exchange gifts for Christ. Have nothing to do with Christ. And I, I hate when people say, I'm trying to bring it back to, what, you know, about with, with Christ. I'm like, Christ was never in Christmas. What are you talking about? You, how are you going to bring it back to something that it never was? Christ was never in Christmas at all. Continue, brother. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. Verse 6, for as much as there is none like unto thee. Uh, yeah, you're good, brother. We're going to go to Matthew 6 and 24. We just wanted to show you that it, it's the Bible tells you and warns you against that particular practice. Matthew 6 and 24. What, what, let's see what Christ has to say. Matthew 6 verse 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon breaks down the money. You can't serve two masters. So you can't sit here and say you're dealing with the most high. And then be dealing with all pagan worships. You're either going to choose one or the other. That's the only way. There's only two masters. So if you follow Satan, then you're a child of Satan. If you follow the Most High, then you're a child of the Most High. That's how it is. There is no, oh, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm just in the middle. No, you're following Satan by default. Continue, uh, continue, brother. Oh, no, actually, you're good. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 11 and 14. 2 Corinthians 11 and 14. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Read that again. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. See, so Satan would come to you as your God, the angel of light. He would deceive you. That's the only way he could get you to follow him was to deceive you. He's going to come as an angel of light, as if he's the right thing, when really he's Satan. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. And no marvel... For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Right. So just because somebody come in the name of Christ or is a pastor or a teacher don't mean that they're teaching the right thing. Because Satan said that's how he would come. He would need you to trust him. He would need you to put your guard down. He's going to come as an angel of light. If he came right out with his, you know, his pitchfork and his tail, then you would be alarmed. That would give you cause to pause. So, of course, he's not going to come to you like that. He's going to come to you. And he's going to sensationalize it, make it look good, make it be innocent, make it seem innocent. That's how Satan comes to you as an angel of light. 
We're going to First Thessalonians five and twenty one. First Thessalonians five, verse twenty one. I know for some of us, a lot of us, this will be our first year not celebrating Christmas. For some of us, maybe even following this broadcast, it'll be your last year celebrating Christmas. You know, we don't judge people. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to work on people. But we want to provide you with the proof so you can make an educated decision. You you deserve the truth. You don't deserve to be lied to. Continue, brother. Uh, 521, please. First Thessalonians 5, verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Read that again. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Prove all things. So if you're going to celebrate something, you have to show me. You got to prove it. Prove to me where it says I need to celebrate Christmas. Prove to me where it says celebrate Easter. Prove to me that I can eat pork. Prove. Prove, prove, prove. If you can't prove it, then we're going to have to step away. It's not what you know. It's what you can prove. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Because if you can't prove it, then that speaks for itself. That speaks for itself. If you can't prove what you're saying, you probably should put it down. Yeah. We're going to John 7.38. John 7.38. Got a few more scriptures. We'll be out of here, guys. John 7, verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Read that one more time. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Did it say celebrate Christ's birthday? No. Did it say that you should give gifts? No. Did it say that you should celebrate Easter or that you could eat pork? If it didn't say that, then did it say celebrate Thanksgiving? Believe on him as the scripture hath said. So if the scripture said do it, then you do it. Then and only then. Not because I've said it, or your pastor said it, or Brother Corey said it. Because that's what the scripture have said. Because guess what? A lot of parents are saying, well, we're just celebrating it for the kids. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? You're going to go to hell for your kids. Because your kids are not going to answer for you when judgment day come. They're not going to be able to answer and say, yeah, my mom was just, my dad was just getting me gifts. No, that's going to be out of the question. Your child have to answer for your child, and you're going to have to answer for what you've done. Read that again, brother. Verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So we don't need you to explain to us why you're doing it. Just show us where it says do it. Because if you ask a Christian, they'll give you a reason why they're celebrating Sunday. Well, because Christ rose again on a Sunday. But did he say go to church on Sunday, though? So we don't need you to explain why you're doing it. Just show us the scripture. And that's all we need. That's all we need. We're going to go to um, Ecclesiasticus and your apographer. No, excuse me. We're going to go to John 14 and 15. We're going to stick right here. John 14, verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. So if you love the Most High, keep his commandments. Don't say that you're trying to celebrate Christ's birthday when he said don't celebrate it and you're still going to do it. And you're just making up a different excuse now. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. What do you mean? You said you love Christ. Christ said, <laughs> he never said celebrate those days. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Right. So if you love the Most High, just do what he says. That's what we do. 
Whether I agree with it or not, my agreement isn't required. (laughs) I'm not important enough for my agreement to be required. I'm going to do whatever he said, even if I like it or not, period. That's where he wants us to be. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus 32 and 17 in your apographer. scriptures and we'll, we'll, we'll break down uh, 32 and 17 brother gotcha. Ecclesiasticus 32 verse 17 a sinful man will not be reproved but findeth an excuse according to his will read that again a sinful man will not be reproved but findeth an excuse according to his will so a sinful man or a woman will not allow you to correct them. They'll always have an excuse. Well, you know, it's in my heart. I'm not really, you know, worshiping the devil. It's just the day, you know, that my family comes together. So, you know, God knows my heart. I love him, you know, and I follow everything else, but I'm just going to go eat this smothered pork chop. So they'll always have an excuse. They will never just say, well, you know what? That's I'm wrong. I, I shouldn't be doing that. I, I'm wrong. I shouldn't do that. Even if somebody was to say, okay, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. They'll never say that. They'll come up with an excuse. I would rather you just say, I know that I ain't supposed to do it, but I'm going to do it this time. And I ain't going to do it again, but I'm doing it this time. I would rather that than for you to make up an excuse on why you're doing it. Just take take it. <laughs> take that on the chin. Read that again, brother. Verse 17. A sinful man will not be reproved. But findeth an excuse according to his will. Right. So I don't know what Bible. You did live in the cult. I don't know what Bible. What Bible is that? Did you read? Did you write that Bible, Corey? <laughs> so they, they'll have a, a lot of excuses when you start pulling out scriptures they've never seen before. So my question is to the pastor. My dad, when I lived with my dad, he used to have the biggest trees to where it almost had to be held up. It was bent over. That's how big these trees were. Now, when you go into your church or at your home, I'm not saying go rip it down. Maybe you keep the tree up and then teach it and then pull it down. You could do that. You don't have to go and just tear the tree down. If you have a church or, you know, a congregation, leave the tree up. You don't even have to tell them that we showed you this and then show them out of the Bible that is wrong and then pull it down. Yeah. That would be the perfect opportunity, I believe, personally. Um, we're going to move on to 1 Corinthians 10 and 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. You go to your pastor and ask him about that Christmas tree and see what he said. You're probably going to get put out. Some Somebody getting up out of here. <laughs> somebody getting up out of here. Huh? Uh, 1 Corinthians 10 and 20. Verse 20. But I say that the things with the, which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. The things that the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. Remember with that picture came ceremonies and sacrifices on these holy days. They're sacrificing to Satan. Children are getting sacrificed on these days. While you're saying this about the children, yeah, it is on a higher degree. They sacrificing these children on these high satanic days. You think it's just about family. No, it's not about family. The, those who came up with the holiday, they know exactly what it's about. For, and if you need an example, think about on Christmas Day how slow and quiet it is. Nobody's out. It's really quiet. Everything's closed. 
That's how it's supposed to be on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But on the Sabbath, it's the loudest party running around. Everybody, cars everywhere, money, you know, registers ringing. Mm-hmm. This is horns honking in traffic. So they have switched it all up. For Satan, everybody will be quiet. They'll close down the job. You actually, school is closed down. Jobs are closed down. Stores are closed down for Satan. This is this have nothing to do with Christ at all. So we have to, you know, we have to do our due diligence to check it out and then make an executive decision. We're going to Amos five twenty one and then Proverbs twenty two, and we're we're gonna break down Amos five and twenty one. <clears throat> Amos five verse twenty one. I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Read that again. I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. See, so the most I hate our feast days, Thanksgiving, Easter, dinner, Christmas. He hate those days because those have nothing to do with him. Those days have nothing to do with the most high. So no matter how you pray, try to thank God for it. He's not dealing with that. You're not going to manipulate him into accepting something just because you put your heart into it. The Most High is a, bit, a bunch smarter than that. We're going to Proverbs 22 and 6. Then we're going to read this article and we're going to close out. Proverbs 22 and 6. Proverbs 22 verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, so train up a child in the way he should go. And when he get old, he'll stay that way. A lot of us, you know, if we have children or we plan on having children, we want to raise them the right way. Because even when things get hard, they'll come back to the most high because that's all they know. Yeah. They may roll back. They may be on crutches coming back to them, but they're going to come back because that's all they know. That's all they know. So read one more time, brother. Verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, for a majority of us, the holidays and things, the foods that we ate, our parents allowed us to eat those things. That's why we felt it to be okay. That's why we felt it to be okay. Now that the Most High have woken us up from our slumber, we know that it's not right. And the only way that you could change is through the Most High God. Because if, I, if it wasn't for the Bible, I would still be celebrating Christmas and eating pork and all of those other things. So that was the one thing that could wake me up now. I want to re- have Corey read this article from the History Channel about Saturnalia. To prove to you that Saturnalia and Christmas is the same thing. Uh, Yes, sir, please. Saturnalia, held in mid-December, is an ancient Roman pagan festival honoring the agricultural god Saturn. Saturnalia celebrations are the source of many of the traditions we now associate with Christmas. See? Saturnalia. Before this was Christmas, this was Saturnalia. And you can check this out. Read that one more time, brother. Saturnalia, held in mid-December, is an ancient Roman pagan festival honoring the agricultural god Saturn. Saturnalia celebrations are the source of many of the traditions we now associate with Christmas. All right. Now, we're going to go to what is Saturnalia. This is on the History Channel. 
Saturnalia, the most popular holiday on the ancient Roman calendar. Read that again. The most popular holiday on the ancient Roman calendar derived from older farming-related rituals of midwinter and the winter solstice, especially the practice of offering gifts or sacrifices to the gods during the winter sowing season. Especially what, brother? Especially the practice of offering gifts or sacrifices to the gods during the winter sowing season. See, these were gifts. Remember that the, the tree was a god and you had to put the gifts under the tree. Why are they putting the gifts underneath the tree? They could put it in the corner somewhere. They could put it on the table. Why is it being put placed under a tree? Continue, brother. The pagan celebration of Saturn, the Roman god of agriculture and time, began as a single day, but by the late Republic, 133 B.C., it had expanded to a week-long festival beginning December 17th. On the Julian calendar, which is Roman used at the time, the winter solstice fell on December 25th. See? So this was Saturnalia. This had nothing to do with Christ. This is... See? He said he would put a foolish nation over us. These people are devil worshippers. And I can see why we're in bad case. Because we... They like... Listen, they slaves. Just, just tell them... Tell them anything. They don't read. Tell them that it's Christ's birthday. They, they don't read. Just tell them, you know, that he rose again. I mean, tell them that, you know, he was born on December 25th. He had no father. They, they don't know. They, they're just slaves. They, they don't read. This is what they did. Praise the Most High that he woke us up. We want to say Shalom and Kwam Yashahala. Kwam Yashahala.